All right, so we're up in the spare room at Wellspring <laughs> Church, uh, working on the ABLE project. Yeah. Uh, here to talk about prayer. Yeah. One of the attend practices. Sure. Thought maybe we'd start with sort of an arc in the yeah. scripture. So where does prayer show up? Is this something we just sort of started doing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Randomly. Yeah, where does it start? Totally. Well, I think, so thinking about it as like a theme or kind of like a biblical storyline framework, yeah. like the word itself doesn't appear in the first chapters of Genesis, but I do think that concept of conversation and intimacy and relationship with God is for sure there. Yeah. So Adam and Eve in the garden, it seems as you read through the early chapters of Genesis, they have this close, deep, intimate yeah. relationship with God. God is walking with them in the garden. And there's this dialogue that goes back and yeah. forth between God and Adam and Eve. And so I think from the very beginning, we can say that we are meant to have this conversational, relational, mm. intimate relationship yeah. with God on an ongoing basis. Now, okay. Genesis 3 happens. We kind of know the story there. Yeah. That intimacy gets kind of severed a bit. There's yeah. some relational distance that happens. But as the story progresses and continues, what you find as you read through Genesis and on into the rest of yeah. the Old Testament in particular, is that God is constantly speaking yeah. and God is constantly pursuing his people and yeah. God is also inviting his people to really speak back. And we yeah. might, we'll call that prayer, yeah. right? And we see this continually. All over. And we, sometimes we forget that this is prayer. Exactly. Because yeah, it's yeah. in a narrative. <laughs> totally. But like, God talks to Noah. Exactly. Yeah, Noah's Ark. Yeah, he talks to Abraham. Yeah. He talks to all the patriarchs. Like he... Yeah, and, he, and, and all these characters, so Noah and Abraham, like you mentioned, they are conversing and having conversation yeah. back with God. And so you see this picture emerge throughout Genesis and the rest of the Old Testament of God's people being invited into this ongoing conversational relationship yeah. with their creator. And I think some of the really key examples that we've kind of talked about recently sure. is when you look at the story and life of Moses in particular, yeah. so now the second book of the Bible, the book of Exodus, you know, you meet Moses at the burning bush in Exodus mm. chapter 3. Moses and God are having this sort of back and forth mm. kind of conversation. This really, it's a prayer that's going on yeah. between the two yeah. at the burning bush. Yeah. So we read it as a conversation. Functionally, yeah. this is a prayer. Exactly, yes. And I think sometimes we forget that when we're thinking about our own personal kind of you know prayer life where yeah. God is inviting us to have a conversation with him where wow. we're listening, where we're speaking. There's a back and forth yeah. exchange yeah. happening there. Moses has another one of these, has a few of these, but another really one that I love is on Mount Sinai, Exodus 32 mm. through 34, it kind of you know intersperses throughout those few yeah. chapters. But again, Moses and God are going back and forth, yeah. and you just see really just the beauty of how God is inviting His yeah. people to really talk with Him and yeah. dialogue with Him. Something that we can take for granted sometimes, totally. but it's just a beautiful yeah. concept. And Moses is even scripture. like pushing he's a little pushing, bit. Oh, he's totally. like, I oh, know this. God, yes, and this. he's standing yeah. and he's interceding for the yeah. people. They've just this is just right after the golden calf incident. So there's all this sort of. You know, pushback might seem like too strong of a word, but there yeah. is an aspect where yeah. Moses is really pushing in, in the best sense he of that hopes. word. He has hopes, exactly. He He's has articulating desires. articulating hopes and desires to God with the hopes that God will hear. And he he, he assumes that God hears and receives yeah. these hopes and requests. It's yeah. not like, oh, I don't know if God's going to pay attention. Yeah. No, there is this, you know, bold confidence. confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, humble confidence that God hears and responds uh, to our prayers. And that just, again... All throughout the Old Testament, I think of Hezekiah in the book mm. of uh, Isaiah, yeah. Daniel's prayer that he has, Nehemiah, all these sort yeah. of you know famous Bible characters from the Old Testament yeah. all have these epic, beautiful 
really encounters and conversations that's with good. God that are prayers. Yeah, and that's not even getting to the Psalms. The Psalms, exactly, yeah. Right? This collection of prayers yeah. that have been passed through the ages. Exactly, to us. for sure. And I think you've mentioned this too, maybe you can speak to this, yeah. how the Psalms really give us a window or sort of like a, a widening, if you will, as to the yeah, different ways totally. that prayer works or yeah, can work. Yeah, so I mean, like in some of the narratives, we certainly have some diversity. Yeah. Like you have, I don't know what percentage, I think it's two thirds of the Psalms yeah. are laments. Yeah, yeah. They recognize suffering. Mm -hmm. They're crying out to God from a posture of pain. Yeah, it's the how long of sadness. Yeah. Uh, God, get up out of bed. Yeah, are you totally. asleep? Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff that we, I think for many of us, have a hard time even imagining yeah. saying. Like the Hebrew Is that reverent or like what yeah. exactly? Yeah. Um, you know, and then there's also Psalms that are evocative of emotion. I was thinking of uh, one and wrote one down, right? Psalm 27, mm. four. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in yeah. his temple. Right? That's this isn't good. just like dogmatic reciting of pre-memorized scripts. For sure. Yeah, this yeah. is That's beauty. That's emotion. That's affective. Yeah. You have like the sense of, oh, these words, this person's been affected by the presence of God and he wants more. Yeah, uh, sure. There's other ones, right? Uh, you know, be still and know that I am God. There's these prayers in the Psalter that bring us to a little bit different place. Exactly. We're not just chatting over pizza and, yeah. you know, totally. and yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're really in this space of others, oh, this sacred space mm -hmm. we're invited to And there's to this slowing down aspect yeah. too. So even that word that you sometimes see as you read the Psalms, that Selah word, yeah. kind of this invitation to pause and slow down mm. and not necessarily even have to, you're really good at talking about this, not even always speaking to God, but yeah. just creating that space to hear and listen to yeah. what God might Which say. Is, Connected to this word attend. Exactly, yeah. We're attending to the presence of God. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as you kind of continue on through the rest of the Old Testament storyline into the you know the New Testament, you again see these prayers, you know, during the time of the exile and this crying out. Psalms are a part of that. Yeah. But when you get to the time of Jesus in particular, it seems that you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels, Jesus is constantly in this sort of mm. mode and dialogue of prayer, in particular yeah. in the Gospel of John. Yeah. It's like really turned up yeah. there as far as his connection and relationship with the Father. Yeah. Everything he does flows out of what the Father has exactly. told him. I mean, yeah. it's just, and then you, in the synoptics, right, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, yeah. you have this more ebb and flow, activity and withdrawal, withdrawal yeah. to be with the Father. For sure, and both go back, both are happening 100%. Totally. And I think even in particular, one of the stories that really comes to mind when thinking about prayer is the disciples in Luke chapter 11. It's the only time where we ever read of the disciples mm. coming to Jesus and saying to Jesus, hey, Jesus, teach us to do yeah. X. It's kind of like they've been watching Jesus and yeah. being like, what is that? Yeah, and then of all the things that we've, we've kind of joked about this yeah. before, of all the things they could have asked Jesus to teach them yeah. how to do. Teach me how to heal. Teach Do, me yeah, how to multiply help. bread or yeah. the coin out of the fish. That's Stop a good one. Stop the waves. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the one thing they asked Jesus to teach them to do is to teach them to pray, Luke mm. 11. And I think that speaks a lot to what was so vital and so important for Jesus yeah. in his own ministry and vitality for himself. And so it is in Luke 11 where we get Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer, which is obviously yeah. key and important, not only for our understanding of Scripture, totally. but really for just church history and our practice yeah. uh, today. Good. Thinking also, too, like Jesus going to the rest of the New Testament, yeah. Paul in particular, it's like, for me, sometimes reading Paul's letters can be a little bit tricky because he has all this dense sentences yeah. and theology, these big words, yeah. and all of a sudden he's like, Busting out in yeah. prayer and It's like and a praise. treasure hunt. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just, it speaks to just the overflow of Paul's life yeah. is a life of prayer. And you see that really throughout the rest yeah. of the New Testament letters as well. I was, um, 
when you were saying that, I was thinking I wrote this note down earlier that in Ephesians 1, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, Ephesians mm. 3, Paul prays for his friends. Yeah. All of these friends are suffering from persecution. Yeah. They're suffering just in everyday life, like sure. every human does. <laughs> yeah. And yet Paul never prays to change their circumstances, mm. which is fascinating That's crazy. to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a good example is Ephesians 1.17. Paul writes, I keep asking that you may know him mm. better. Yeah, yeah. That Paul's prayer for his friends is that they would know God that more. That intimacy, that connection, yeah. yeah. Which That's, I just think is like a profound statement about Paul's longings. For sure. And his hopes. Well, I think because Paul understands that even as we're talking about prayer, both in his context and in our context today, that what we're doing in prayer is building and cultivating that intimacy with yeah. God that will one day at the end of the storyline of the Bible, Revelation, will be fully and finally complete. Yeah. God will, the dwelling place of God is with man, the book of yeah. Revelation says. And yeah. so That's we like look forward to that That's the goal day. of exactly. prayer. Totally. Yeah, the full embodiment of prayer is captured in Revelation when we are in God's eternal kingdom with him for sure. when he's made all things. And we are invited today to live into that yeah. reality bit to by anticipate bit. That to anticipate that. To anticipate that. In it's a better way to put it. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful just to see how that this theme of prayer works itself throughout all of scripture. All right. So going from the scriptural arc yeah. to your personal life. For sure. Tell me like what you find easy. Yeah. And what you find challenging for sure. about actually living into this. Yeah, I think for me, honestly, there's a lot more challenges than there are ease, if you will, <laughs> with prayer. I think for me, because I'll, I'll put it like this, and we've talked yeah. about this a little bit before, is that I love reading. And yeah. so when I can read, or when I do read, I can observe like objectively. I read mm. X amount of pages, and I feel good about that. Mm. When I pray, I don't always know, like, what did I actually accomplish? It's a faulty way of thinking, yeah. but I... I, I tend to think to myself, yeah. I didn't actually accomplish anything in that. Mm. Again, that's a poor way of thinking yeah. for sure. So it kind of, I think, speaks to sometimes my motivations mm. aren't always right there. Yeah. Another component too for me is so that... it's more of a performance thing. Exactly. I could see you reading the scriptures as listening to God totally. yes. speak yeah, yeah, yeah. to you as prayer. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And I think that's like a, the learning, the growth edge there yeah. in, that, in that moment. So it's 100%. interesting. So the reading is not hard. Yeah, it's the the slowing down and just being and hearing God's 100%. voice in that. That's interesting. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think another aspect too is kind of the distraction that mm-hmm. occurs, especially when I'm kind of by myself yeah. praying quietly, where it's like you know 10, 15 seconds in, you're thinking about like super spiritual. But it's like oh, I forgot you know to take the trash out, or yeah. there's random yeah, things totally. that just you know come to mind, and so it is a discipline in, in the best sense of that word to really engage my mind and my body in in prayer yeah. for sure yeah i was thinking of when i so right i didn't really grow up no one ever really taught me mm-hmm. how to pray so when i first encountered the presence of jesus was a part of a community people taught me how to pray and they told yeah. me okay make a little list mm, yeah, yeah. put all the people you care about on it and just ask god for things for them yeah. every day and i started doing that and eventually i started hating it mm. because it was all about checking off something on the list for and sure. i started to just feel guilty and then not wanting to pray. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I realized, like, actually, I, a Tim Keller quote, I think, captures a little bit where I, where I, I don't know, I feel helped by it. He says, we should do everything possible to be- behold our God as he is, mm. and prayer will follow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Right? That when we encounter, when we're aware of who God is, prayer just comes. It comes, yeah. It's the right? The list doesn't determine the prayer. Yeah. The, the list might be a function of, whoa, God is big and he cares about all these people and he's going to listen to yeah. me? 
oh, I'm going to pray for these for people. Sure, right? But sure. it's starting with God, yeah, yeah. not the list. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been a helpful thing for me personally, and even in pastoral ministry, that like in the end, it starts with, with God. Yeah. Uh, that when we start there, prayer seems to flow more naturally. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think this is where, for me, like trying to integrate prayer on a more regular basis in my own personal yeah. life, it helps to intersect it with some other things like worship and scripture, like mm-hmm. you were kind of yeah. you know, mentioning. I think even you know, for myself talking about like practically how does this you know, play itself out? One thing that I've tried to do kind of more recently is yeah. at set times of the day, at least two or three times a day, just very short, mm-hmm. just whether, whatever I'm doing to pause and to just physically change what I'm doing with my body, whether okay. I'm sitting or standing, kneeling, hands open yeah. as a way to signal and just very briefly, whether it's saying the Lord's prayer or yeah. quoting a line from, or praying a line from the Psalm, yeah. just to engage, not just my mind that yeah. can be easily distracted, but my whole embodied self. And change your body's Exactly. Yeah. As, as an embodied creature, moving our bodies matters. Totally. hundred percent for yeah. sure. That's I think cool. that's been super helpful. I think another thing too, again, kind of the embodiment yeah. side of it is as I'm walking, because I like to go walk in our yeah. neighborhood or whatnot, it's not always put the earbuds in, yeah. but to spend that totally. time, both like you're saying, listening and talking yeah. with God and using that space to be outside and to have those moments to build that connection and that relational, yeah. really that relational connection yeah, with that's God. that's good. Uh, the one thing I would suggest to folks as they're trying to lean into this is, yes, talk to God. Mm. I'm just surprised how seldom we as Westerners listen. Yeah, yeah. Just make some space for silence, for sure. even if it's a minute. Yeah, a minute of your prayer time, just nothing. Yeah, just listen. Maybe God has something to say to us. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I ex- my experience is that can add to a real richness mm-hmm. to prayer. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple other experiments on the PDF. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, check them out. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah. That's good.